Mark Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live with Jason Martinez. Thursday, December 30th, our last episode, our last live stream, our last show of the year. We'll head into 2022 next week. We'll have a show for you coming up on Monday. And it's all brought to you by Park Sportsbook. Make sure you download the app on Android or iPhone, real easy to use. Get in on the action, sign up, and get a $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. Get in on the hockey action it's bowl season. You've got obviously football, the end of the, the regular season and playoffs around the corner. You got hoops, college and pro, tons to get in on. Futures, in-game, same game parlays, live play-by-play betting, first to score, exact score, whatever you want to put your money on, it's available for you right on the Park Sportsbook app. So make sure you download it, check it out, easy to use, and you'll have a blast doing it, especially with so much action in sports going on right now. There's a lot of different areas to get your get your money in on, grow it. And we're going to have Tone's takes once again on this episode today. He'll join us at 1.30 to give his best NHL plays. We went over a bunch of props in last week's uh, Thursday episode. If you want to check that out, we kind of looked at futures and you know, division winners and trophy winners for the NHL awards. So go check that out if you want to get some futures plays in on the Park Sportsbook app as well. Again, you get that $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. Give them a follow on the social media channels as well. At Park Sportsbook is the Twitter handle on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, I think that's all of them, right? Yeah, and Twitter. Uh, So get in on all the action with the Parks Sportsbook app. Now, our future guest today is going to be John Forsland, who was the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes for a long time, but he's now the play-by-play voice of the Seattle Kraken. He'll be our guest. Uh, works for the NHL and NBC, ESPN. Uh, he's a great broadcaster, play-by-play man. Always enjoyed the national games that he would do and catch the uh, Carolina games for years. And obviously now Seattle and the Flyers were in Seattle last night to take on the Kraken. Come away with two points somehow in that game. I have no idea how. After the first two periods that they put out there on the ice, it was not good. It was ugly. Uh, they only had 11 shots through two periods of play. Uh, Seattle carried the play, possessed the puck way more, but somehow the Flyers stayed in it, and it was Martin Jones. Carter Hart not available because he is in COVID-19 protocol. So Jones got the start last night. We'll see if he gets the start tonight. Generally speaking, they don't like to start the goalie in back-to-back games on back-to-back days. but And the workload last night was pretty significant when you consider that we have 36 shots. It's not about shots. It's about engagement. There was a lot of offensive zone possession time for Seattle. But Jones was excellent in the game. He keeps the Flyers in, and he makes 34 saves on 36 shots. He keeps them in the game. Uh, eventually, Seattle takes the lead in the third period. But 15 seconds later, James Van Riemsdyk scores his second goal of the game, ties it up. And from that point on, there's only about six minutes left in the game, five minutes left in the game. The Flyers really carried the play, uh, got it to overtime, and did what they needed to do, which is end it in overtime, not in a shootout. We know how much the Flyers struggle in shootouts and have struggled in shootouts over the years. So uh, they get it done on a great pass from Kevin Hayes straight through the neutral zone about two and a half zones, and puts it right on the, the tape of Ivan Provorov, who in stride just gets the puck and is able to, to just get around the Seattle Kraken defender 
And then he puts a move on Philip Grubauer that was pretty insane. He just absolutely cut hard to the backhand and stuffed it home. And it gave the Flyers win. That was, by the way, that was Provorov's third overtime winner of his career. I don't remember all three. I obviously remember last night. I remember the one in Montreal a couple years ago where he coast-to-coasted it. I believe it was in Montreal. And this this one was not that. It was f- very different. But he dropped off. He starts the play by dropping it off to Hayes. And then Hayes just wires the pass in perfect stride. It's almost like a quarterback leading a receiver. If the pass isn't perfect, there's no way the receiver can take it to the house. And in this situation, if the pass isn't perfect to get Proveroff right in stride, he's not going to be able to get that positioning uh, on the defenseman to then go hard to the net, which is exactly what he did. And it was just well executed. And the Flyers will take the two points. And the crazy part about this, when you look at the whole situation right now for the Flyers, the crazy part about it is they're right there in the wild card. They move up. They leapfrog the Columbus Blue Jackets in the standings. They played two more games. They're up two points on them, 31 points for the Flyers. They're now in the fifth spot of the Metropolitan Division. They're eight points back of the Penguins who hold down that fourth spot. Uh, But the Flyers now have, in seven straight games since the 10-game winless skid, have points in all seven games. And of the possible 14 points since the 10-game winless skid, they have 13. The only point they lost out on was that game in Montreal where they ended up losing of course, in the shootout. So since that time, uh, to the 10-game losing streak, the last game of that losing streak was against the New Jersey Devils. It was a 3 nothing loss in New Jersey. They went to Vegas. They won 4-3. to They went to Arizona. They won 5-3. to They went to the De- – or the Devils visited Wells Fargo. They beat them 6-1. to They went to Montreal, lost the game 3-2 in the shootout. Uh, they had uh, Ottawa uh, beat them 4-3 in overtime at Wells Fargo couple postponed games, Washington and Pittsburgh, namely, and then back last night for the first time since December 18th against the Seattle Kraken, and they get a 3-2 win. Was it a perfect game last night? Hell no. It was ugly. A lot of elements of that game were not pretty. It was not a pretty hockey game to watch. And the Flyers, I mean, in the first two periods, it was pretty ugly. It's amazing that they can come away with two points in that game and find a way to get the victory. Again, that, that's what goaltending will do. And that that's what good goaltending is intended for. And, you know, Martin Jones, that a lot of people very critical of that signing of Martin Jones, myself included. I didn't see it coming. Now, you couldn't really see it coming because he was under contract with San Jose. He hadn't been bought out, and it wasn't a name that – we were throwing around as a possible replacement for Brian Elliott because at the time he wasn't available unless it was going to be via trade. But, you know, they do a good job getting Martin Jones, working with Kim Dillabaugh, and Kim Dillabaugh wanted to sink him back in his net a little bit, thought he was taking a little too much ice, but he was the difference maker last night for the Flyers, kept him in the game long enough to find a way to win it. And that's exactly what happened. But joining us right now, our guest of honor on Stick to Hockey Live, it is uh, the man. You've seen his work on NBC nationally the last couple of years. He was play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now the play-by-play voice of the new expansion, Seattle Kraken. It is John Forsman. Johnny, how are you? Good, Jason. How are you? Um, See, I love play-by-play guys. Like, the pipes just come through. Yeah, well... 
<laughs> we got a blizzard out here for Seattle, three inches of snow, <laughs> uh, record setting cold. Um, you know, we're trying to dodge this virus, right? So this is yeah. just an unbelievable uh, situation, but not a bad game last night. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be with you. Yeah, the the Kraken, I thought, significantly, John, outplayed the Flyers in the game, yeah. especially through the first two periods. I mean, the Flyers looked like they were jet-lagged and sleepwalking, but the yeah. goaltending can always be the difference in this sport. It's almost bananas, isn't it? It is, and that was a good performance by Martin Jones, especially early in the game. Um, it's a distinct advantage, Jason, for any team in the West when an Eastern team comes out the first game of a trip, so especially when it's the day before you got to jump them and uh, the Kraken have not taken advantage of that uh, enough, you know, this season they're getting to it. Um, but I think they were determined. I think Hackstall had them prepared to play the game that he wants. Uh, it was a grinding game. There weren't a lot of mistakes. They limited Philadelphia's chances, but Philly made good on their chances. And that's basically hockey. And uh, it was a good win for the Flyers. I think they were able to gut it out. And I think that's a, that's a testament to maybe to where they're going. Um, I, I thought this team would be better. I was surprised by that that ten game spell that cost Vino his job. Uh, they seem to have some new life under Mike Yo, and I hope that uh, you know a game like that can show you they're not at their best, but they they won the game. That's the bottom line. Do, do you get a sense that Dave Haxtell kind of circled these games against the Flyers because his only other head coaching gig in the NHL was obviously for the yeah. Flyers, then became an assistant in Toronto, and you know he saw the Flyers earlier in the year, lost six to one. It was game yeah. two of the season, October 18th. Did you get a sense that, you know, he was a little more amped up for this and, and by proxy the players to, to get to do it for him? Yeah, you know, I don't think he'd ever, you know him, he would never admit it, right? So mm -hmm. you're not going to get that out of him, but that's human nature. I would hope so. You don't have a pulse if that's not the case. I mean, when you feel that maybe you've been wronged in a situation, uh, you want to get back at that team, even though, you know, things have changed a little bit. Um, but, you know, Chuck Fletcher was the guy, right? So, I mean, I, I think it's a situation for him that, yeah, there's, there's a lot on the line there. But I think uh, right now where the Kraken are at, they want to get to an identity that's consistent. It hasn't been the case. This has been a real work in progress. It surprised me. I thought they'd be just a little bit better than they are. Um, I thought they'd be knocking on the door of a playoff spot. Not sure they'd get in, but, you know, they're quite a ways off. But I think if he can manufacture some efforts like that consecutively, he's going to be happy. Yeah, the identity – I always say this, John, that a, t a sports team without identity is one that's going to lose. You ha right. It has to be organic. You can't say we're going to be this. You have to be it for that identity to be organic, stick, and be real. What does the identity of the Seattle team need to be with the personnel they have? It has to be like they played last night. They have no other chance. Uh, they're going to have to get way better goaltending than they've had. Uh, that needs to turn around. Uh, so you thought that would be a constant looking at the roster. I thought they would know how to play defensively and be a little bit more organized than they were at the beginning of the season. They went through a, a six-game stretch, Jason. They lost six in a row, and uh, they were not very good defensively. They were kind of, in my opinion, now I, it's not shared by Hackstall, I don't think. I think, don't think it's shared by many of the people around the team. They thought they were playing better by the numbers. That, that scares me a little bit. But they were breaking down, and they were doing, you know, the fine details of the game were not there. And that surprised me. So if they just split those six, and we're going back to the beginning of November with this streak, they'd be in a better spot right now. That's the only thing that's puzzling. I thought they would be a win-one-lose-one situation. 
they've lost more than they've won, and now they're trying to get to identity without their most identifiable player, Brandon Tanev, who's not going to light the world up offensively, but has this year. And really, if you want to pick one player, he's been the identity of the team, the most popular player. Well, one of the things with that with the Seattle team that you thought you could count on is that the the D was really professional looking. You could tell Ron yeah. Francis built this thing from the crease out. He goes out and gets Grubauer, Dreger to be his goaltenders, and he gets some veteran and good defenders in there. And that just hasn't been the case, huh? Yeah, the only thing I'll say to that is the only guy that plays more of today's game in terms of transporting the puck is Vince Dunn. And he can be a little bit inconsistent, but I think he's had a good season. And I think there's a ceiling that needs to be reached for this player that he couldn't get to in St. Louis that hopefully he's going to get to here. But by and large, the rest of the group is solid. Um, they, they're not flashy. They can be physical and they should be able to box out and, and make it better on the goalies. And during that six game stretch, I, I think Grubauer was overplayed because Drieger was hurt. Yeah. And I think he got overly taxed. And then that led to some bad goals. It led to some inconsistent play for him. And now, to me, he's fighting it, you know. And uh, I'm sure Drieger plays tonight against Calgary. But they're going to need – I, I can't really – aside from the first few games of their season, I can't even circle a goalie win. And you got to have them. You, yeah. In this league, you have to have goalie wins. That's, that's hard to do with this team. Yeah, you, your goalie's got to steal one for you. It's the ultimate equalizer in sports. You can the right. team can be absolute horse bleep, but it, and the goalie can steal you two points. I mean, I kind of look at that game last night as a stolen goalie win for the Flyers, and we've seen some with Jones earlier this season uh, against Vancouver, in particular on the road, a two-one back-to-back win, and also Carter Hart's had a few of those as well. Uh, what's hockey like in Seattle? I know that the oh. fan base out there they lined up, John to get season tickets. And I thought the organization just handled every element of it. Incredibly classy, very secretive. That's tough to do in today's society. Everybody was looking for what's the, what's the mascot going to be? What are the color schemes? Nobody could crack it. Pardon the pun, but what's hockey been like out there in in Seattle? It's been fantastic. Um, It's re-energized me. I, I really missed being with a team. I wasn't sure about that. You know, when things went down a bad path for me in Carolina, I was lucky to go to the bubble and work for NBC. And then I was lucky to work for them, as you know, independently last year. Thought that was okay. And I thought maybe, you know, if they kept the rights, maybe I'd just keep doing that. But that blew up. Everything went sideways. And I had already committed to this job in Seattle. I'm glad I did because I saw some trouble on the horizon there. Um, but anyway, you come out here sight unseen. I'd never been to Seattle because of the pandemic, so I just did everything virtually in terms of the interview process. And uh, by the time I got out here from the the minute we set foot in July and we're part of the expansion draft and that beautiful day, uh, it rains a lot, I'll tell you that, but there's (laughs) a lot of gray days in the Northeast too. Uh, It's not just uh, specific to the Northwest, but the fans are fantastic. The building is second to none. The organization has done a lot of correct things. Um, they've made a splash. They've branded well. Uh, there's a mystique attached to the team that exceed that extends beyond the market. The market is huge. Uh, great sports town. Uh, they love their teams. Their fans have a uh, kind of, if you will, a grungy identity. You know, if you look at the Seahawks and you look at the 12s and all of that, same thing with the Kraken as we move forward. And it extends, you know, to Montana and Alaska and all over the Northwest, which, uh, as you know, is great for uh, amateur hockey and hockey interest. Junior hockey is prevalent here. So yeah. it's good. Very good. 
And you have a natural rival across the border with Vancouver, um, yeah. which is a great thing to have, too. I think that's always important to have that good geographic rival that, you know, the, the two fan bases can visit each other's barns. And, you know, th- that, it, that just accentuates it to me. When you look at, you know, the, the East Coast mentality versus that West Coast mentality, and you're an East Coast guy, like we're always in a hurry here. And the West Coast are a little bit more laid back. They're not yeah. as, quite as pissed off all the time like we are out east. <laughs> what's the what's kind of the difference in the fans? They're rabid because I, I mean I see Seahawks games and Mariners and everything, and yeah. they're rabid fans out there. But what's kind of the difference between the mentality of the fans? They've been great to me. Um, I don't know what happened here, but you know, <laughs> right 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 away they 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 welcomed me and it's been terrific. Um, the, the, there's a sense of uh, community in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of an us against them mentality. Um, they know what they're about. They're very proud. Uh, the people that have been here their entire lives are extremely, extremely proud. Um, you know, and then there's a lot of transients because of the, uh, industries and techni- uh, uh, technology and all that that's come into this area. Uh, and they want to be trendsetters, right? So they want to be known for a lot more than Starbucks, although that's a big part of the fabric of this community. Uh, the franchise is community-based. You have to be. Uh, so you have to reach out, and you have to make a difference in everybody's life. And I, and I kind of I kind of like it because uh, we're in a crazy world right now. And so from as an outsider, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure how I would fit in. Uh, I wasn't sure, you know, my age, the stature of my career. You know, how's this going to go? You know, am I going to get out there and talk about the way I like where it used to be all the time? Um, I've enjoyed it. I, I, I've enjoyed being here. Um, and again, I think I just get energy from these fans. They, they haven't had a lot to cheer about, but they, they, they sat through two blowouts, uh, a Pittsburgh six to one route and a Colorado seven, three route where it was seven, nothing after two periods. Now, maybe it's just the newness of the franchise. Yeah. But human nature is to walk out of the building, right? No matter what, yeah. uh, they stayed and they cheered for those three goals in the third period that were meaningless. Um, I just think they're they're hungry and this is going to be a chore. They're going to have to get to it in a hurry here because I think the NBA will come to Seattle. The building's ready for it. That's part of the focus. And so there'll be some strong competition for the Kraken in a few years. John, when, you know, did they expect to have kind of the same success that Vegas did? They came in under the same parameters with cost of the franchise and obviously the expansion draft rules, but you know, a lot of NHL GMs kind of learned a lesson through that Vegas expansion yeah. draft. Were the Seattle fans expecting kind of the same type of success? The fans were expecting it. Maybe ownership was expecting it. Media people probably were expecting it. I mean, why not? It's a league of parity. Sure. The difference between the last place team and the first place team there, there is a difference, but it, it's not that big anymore. Ain't much. Yeah. It, yeah. It really isn't much. So when I looked at it, I kept saying that it was doable and I was being honest. I'm always honest um, and not just being like a company guy. I I believed it. Um, But I think Ron, there were two things. Ron knew that the GMs had smartened up around the league, right? Mm -hmm. So he knew that making deals like McPhee did wouldn't be as easy and and it wasn't. And the second thing is, what's he supposed to say? You know, he's not going to come out and say, no. We're, we're not going to be like Vegas. That was an anomaly. Uh, we're going to actually struggle. 
Imagine if he said that. Yeah. I think he's never said it, but I know him well enough. I think in his mind's eye, he will take the hit this year. He'll develop the team. I saw him do it in Carolina. He'll get to year five, and he'll see what it really is. Is it a legit Stanley Cup contender like we've seen the Hurricanes transform? And Ron did a lot of the grunt work and built the foundation there. Doesn't get much credit for it. Yeah. Um, they've come in, done a pretty good job with what they have. The best move was Brenda Moore as the coach. Sure. But uh, a lot of those players were traded for and drafted by Ron. If you look at Vegas, it's a lot of quick money. It's early, big moves. Uh, they're all in. They're in the right city for this, right? They're all in. And then they have, I think they have a three to four year window to win. And if they don't, Pacioretty ages out, Stone ages out, Petrangelo ages out, mm -hmm. Martinez goes somewhere else, the goalie. Um, you got Jack Eichel. I hope he's not in the same situation he was in Buffalo, but we'll see. And I yeah. think what Ronnie wants to do is be smart. So you might have a flash in the pan playoff season early, but get to a point where you can build it like San Jose. And even though they didn't win, you'll take those years where you're in the conference final every year and you're knocking on the door and you're a legitimate team for a decade. Yeah. You're perennial at that point. And right. you know, you're a team that can do it for the long haul. Cause you have the foundation in place to be able to do that. Um, you know, you look at Seattle and, and the NHL right now and, you know, you're you did so many games on the East coast and you obviously did national games and West coast games. Uh, when you look at the Canes right now, they're in this metropolitan division. You're very close to that team for all your years broadcasting there. And you yeah. mentioned Rod Brindamore, and boy, is he as good as they come as an NHL coach. Uh, that team has got to be one of the teams you look at and go, they're absolutely one of the top two or three teams that are going to come out of the East. 100%. And this is the year they, you know, they keep saying that they're close, but they're going to have to prove to me that they're close. So they got to go three rounds this year. They got to get back to the conference final again. The 2019 season might've been a little bit of um, some smoke and mirrors, but they were on their way. But the last two years, I think they could have done better than they did. So the goaltending seems to be solidified there. They have tremendous depth and talent. Um, I think they're going to have to harden up a little bit. Maybe they have one more lesson to learn like Tampa Bay did. Yeah. Maybe they go into this one and they just don't have enough and they push hard and they figure out what it takes. But I think they have potential to win very soon, very, very soon to win the whole thing. Uh, as long as they let Roddy do his thing and then they don't go crazy, uh, you know, making some uh, uh, moves that are going to hurt the franchise. But really, even though they've been criticized for some, like taking a, a flyer on Tony D'Angelo, it's, it's worked out. You know, you can't, you can't knock their success because it's been phenomenal. Yeah, and I was just going to ask you about that. Uh, the reason why you can bring in Tony D'Angelo is because you have a coach like Rod Rindemore, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, because he's going he's gonna to deflect everything. Yep. He has the respect of every single person in that market. Um, he could have gone anywhere, including Seattle, on the free market this summer, but wanted to stay, did, and took care of his staff in order to do that. And, you know, he's the most uh, recognizable, identifiable player in the history of that franchise. Even though Ron Francis did great work there, he might have been the greatest player statistically, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Rod should be in the Hall of Fame, I think. Um, but Roddy uh, has such a great respect of every single player. Uh, we talk about culture. Uh, which teams have culture, like real culture? You know, all the coaches talk about it. 
Um, even the flyers, you know, I look at the flyers and I, I, because I'm old enough, I remember what they were. And I, I look at this and I'm like, you know, there are years they have some identity and there's years they, they don't. Yeah. And how can you not have identity in Philadelphia? I mean, that's just, it boggles my mind, but hopefully they figure it out. But Carolina has, they're, they're really on to something. Hey John, when you look at it, I'd love to get your perspective on this about the identity of the flyers, because, you know, to me, they've over, overcorrected the steering wheel. You know, yeah. you're driving a, a squirrel runs out, you overcorrect, you end up in the embankment. They they wanted to get away seemingly from the Broad Street Bullies thing so much that they've mm-hmm. gone too far in the other direction. And you just referenced it. Tampa Bay yeah. had to learn that lesson. They needed some of that, that you know, piss and vinegar in the lineup and Pat yeah. Maroon and, and Barkley Goodrow and guys like that. That's why those guys aren't the reason they won the cup. But without them, you weren't winning the cup. When you yeah, look at the Flyers imagine? on the outside, what's, what's yeah, the can, issue for you? Can you imagine Maroon in Philadelphia? Oh, he, he was here. <laughs> he'd be a, but I mean, I mean, what he is now, if they oh, had yeah. the success, right? Yeah. He, he'd just be a complete legend. But, you know, he's the right fit for that team. And that's what I think they've, they've missed, in my opinion, over the years. I don't know why you would get away from that, right? Yeah. When you have identity, why lose it? Yeah. You know, and at least have – I hear it all the time from fans. Like, they come to games – over the past few seasons, and they're not entertained. And and in Philadelphia, if you just give them a little bit of abrasion, you might lose the game, but they're going to go home happy. So I would give the fans what they want there. It's hard in today's game. Don't have a lot of players like that. But it's proven now as we've gotten into the postseason that you need that to win, which I'm happy about. Uh, that's come back. So players who can skate and hit, be pests and stir the pot, not sterile. Sterile doesn't go. And if you draft a, a succession of sterile players with skill, um, they might be good, but I mean, that's what you end up with. And then if you're not having any success, you're going to rotate coaches to the cows come home and you're going to, you're going to just have what you have. And then your fan base becomes indifferent. So that's, I think the mission there. Um, I like the way they played last night. I like the fact that connect was stirring it up. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I'm not, I haven't watched enough only when I have to, to see the flyers, to pre-scout them. Um, I know that Ristolainen can play with an edge. Um, you know, I, he has his flaws, but, I, but I think those types of players um, make a difference there still. Then you surround them with the dancers and, and you're mm-hmm. onto something, but you need to get those fans uh, back on board because that's an advantage uh, that should never have gone away. You come to Philadelphia, used to players used to get the flu, right? And I think yeah. the game has Philly changed, flu. but right, the, the game has changed, but not really. I mean, you can still you can still deliver that. I think the the Flyers need to do that. Yeah, I watched that first round last year between Florida and Tampa, and I thought I was in 1994. I mean, yeah, wasn't were, it great? Oh, yeah, it was, it was incredible hockey. Let, yeah. let me ask you the last thing, John. Um, let me ask you about the product of the NHL, and you know, in light of the pandemic. And a flat cap world, you know, entry level contract players are cheaper, <laughs> and it's it's probably going to cost some guys at the back end of their career because of veteran minimums and just the dollars yeah. and cents of the situation cost them to get out of the game sooner because the ELC is a lot cheaper for teams. Where's the product of the NHL right now? Has the pandemic affected it? I think so, um, but I think I, I try to take an optimistic view of this because I think the the kids that are coming are way better in a lot of ways. Um, And I do think it's, I, yeah, but I do think it's up to the teams to find the guys that we just talked about. They're out there too. Mm -hmm. find those players. You know, don't, don't draft 
skill, 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 and hope that two of them hit. And that's what you're left with in your cupboard. Um, we knew this was coming, Jason. We knew that the salary cap would adjust the game to a point where the middle of the road veteran is gone. Um, you know, you're just not going to have um, players that are just real good veterans, 10 year guys making middle of the road money. Very few of those guys will. You're going to have a team with your collection of superstars or said to be superstars on a specific team that are highly paid. Then you'll go down the list and then you'll have the next level of stars coming that'll get paid. And then you'll have ELCs. So the league today is about slotting and finding the right pieces to augment the slots. And so if you can do that, if you're Tampa Bay and you can figure out a way to get Pat Maroon, slide him in there, figure out a way to get Corey Perry, slide him in there. Um, they had Barkley Goodrow. They, they had um, Blake, Blake Coleman. They had one of our best players here, Yanni Gord, who they signed as a free agent. He wasn't even drafted. So they're out there. And it's up to the scouting departments to do that. But I like where the game is. Um, I, I think when we're – this is still not normal. Um, I think it's very unfortunate that we're, we're going through this now because the competitive nature of the games is being – severely altered by the pandemic right now uh there are teams that team montreal put on the ice the other night god love them they they hung in there but i mean come on now and people are still paying full price to see these games but like society i think we we have no choice because this thing is so crazy we just have to plow through and see what happens but at least we got a good game last night i, I was surprised by that yeah. i wasn't sure what to expect well i you know, you're a guy that I've always enjoyed your broadcasts and, you know, talking to Brian Boucher quite a bit. And, you know, how Boucher can be a little fiery sometimes. Uh, yeah. He's always had great things to say about you. He loved working with you. Yeah. I love working with him. I hope the cards are in place someday for that to happen again. Um, a great person, as you know. Yeah. Um, and he just loves the game and is very good at his job. Very, very good at his job. Very good, right? Oh, unbelievable. I, he can, he can be even, he can be a hundred percent better. He's already at a national level, but he, he can, he, there's more to bring out in this guy. Um, and I hope I, I, I get a chance to work with him again. I love Bush. Yeah. He's a great guy. And John, I really appreciate you doing this. I know you got a, a game to call tonight between the Kraken and the uh, Calgary flames. Best of luck. Uh, Thanks, have a James. great new year. Appreciate your time as always. And uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, buddy. Happy new year. Take care. There he is, John Forslund, the voice of the Seattle Kraken, stopping by Stick to Hockey Live, and uh, great to talk to him. Uh, I've always enjoyed his work. Uh, there are some broadcasters that uh, just pop more for me, and John Forslund has always been one of those guys. I just love the way he sets the scene, tells the story, lets the game be the game, and accentuates the right moments and awesome stuff with John Forslund. So thank him so much. We're going to get to Tone's Takes in just a second. Let me tell you about the Park Sportsbook app. And uh, you got to get it because you can get it on your iPhone. You can get it on your Android. It's easy to get. It's easy to use. And you're going to love it. You're absolutely going to love it because of its how easy it is to get action on the game, whether it's play-by-play -play betting, whether it's, uh, it's same-game parlays, whether it's player props, whatever you want to do, you can grab it. So get the Parks Sportsbook app. They present this fine podcast. They present OGs. We love them. And you can follow them on social media channels at Parks Sportsbook. You can follow them on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube 
as well. And you get that $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. Now, when you sign up, you also want to, you know, you want to make a little schedule, a little cash. So we're bringing him in right now. He joined us last Thursday. It is Tone's Takes Time. What's up, Tone? Hey, what's up, Jason? How you doing? Oh, I have I forgot I have your little uh the little video there to, <laughs> to introduce you. I'm like, uh, let, let's play. Here we go. All right, there we go. There's Tone's there takes. That's better. <laughs> what, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Not much, man. How you doing? Well, I'm doing good. Um, it's it. Did it feel weird seeing games on the ice again? Because it did a little bit for me. I felt like a little disconnected from the league with the Christmas break and then the kind of pause and all of a sudden, boom! I'm watching hockey again two nights ago and of course last night for the Flyers. Yeah, it kind of felt like opening night, did it? And especially on uh, uh, the other night with all those games and all those goals being scored, a lot of uh. Uh, sloppiness out there so you know yeah i'm sure sure things will buckle buckle down coming but yeah it felt like opening night again it was only what, what a week like you said so yeah so i mean it was 11 so days it. <laughs> 11 days between games for the flyers from the 18th to the 29th but you're right we were saying that on the post game show last night brian smith and i were going it, it almost feels like it's a new season that started and some teams like the flyers may want to treat it like a new season right right definitely have to look at that way of course coming up here in the next week or two don't read too much into the like the back-to-back as you normally would because mm-hmm. these, these guys had had a lot of time off uh not having the practice time i think that you know a lot of the sloppy play could be attributed to that unable to like work on the detailed stuff so i'm sure things will calm down here coming up and unfortunately i'm an over better myself but i'm <laughs> sure things will kind of go back to the uh you know median or whatever See, you and I are opposite. I, I like to bet the under because I like to root for <laughs> goaltending. Yeah, <laughs> I like goaltending too, man. I used to, I used to, you know, play a little, uh, little street hockey. I was a goalie myself, so I definitely like like the good goaltending. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> um, interesting NHL card tonight because I think I've got a marquee game on tonight. Flyers don't play until late, ten thirty at the Shark Tank, but seven o'clock tonight. How about this? I was just talking to John Forslund about it. That first round matchup last year between the Panthers Ooh. and the Lightning was like a throwback series. And this is an interesting and a great matchup tonight. The Battle of Florida actually means something now. What do you like in this game? Uh, I wanted to take the over. I'm not a fan of it at six and a half. I'm going to look at it maybe live, but I do. There's a play I do like. It's Tampa Bay over 29 and a half shots on goal. Uh, this is something that I've been um, dabbling in a little bit this season. Um, 4-0 and on these this year, I've kind of been picking my spots. Um, it's 29 and a half minus 112. They average 29 and a half shots on goal on the road. Florida at home, they give up 32 and a half. But Braden Point's return could be the key here. In 17 games with Point this year, they fit this mark in nine games. Uh, and in four, 14 without them, only five. So they're 14 for mm-hmm. 31 on the year. But having point back kind of gives them that little bit of extra depth, um, you know. And this, like you said, this is a it's a rivalry rivalry game. It's going to be, you know, hardly hard contested, and there should be a lot of up and down action. Um, may look at a live bet if we can get a decent price. All depends on who's going for Florida too. I mean, if Spencer Knight starts, then that's definitely something you want to look at. Um, I have a feeling they're going to go back to Bob tonight, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and there are certain players, like Braden Point is one of those players that it's not just him that generates shots, it's his presence that generates shots. 
-hmm. And he's got that kind of impact on a game. Uh, Montreal's taking on Carolina tonight. Carolina, obviously, and Montreal are are basically two teams heading in different directions. Carolina trying to go to the top of the heap. Uh, Montreal right now, I mean, what they're having to put out there on the ice and with COVID protocol and all that. But there is an element to this game that you got a little action on. Yeah, I like the over. It's over a six. It was plus 106 and moved to minus 103. I'm okay with it. Um, Montembeau's going for Montreal. He has an 8-8-1 save percentage on the road. He played pretty decent the other night, but he still gave up some questionable goals. Uh, Anderson's in the protocol for Carolina, so anti-Ranta right now is likely, and he has a 900 save percentage at home. Uh, the Habs on the road, they're 9-6 and six to the over, uh, 2.31 goals for, 3.94 goals against. Carolina's only five and six to the over at home, but we know what kind of team they are. 3.75 goals for, 2.08 goals against. Uh, I think you can, you know, Montreal showed a little spunk with, with a lot of the young guys the other night. And, you know, they're getting a chance to play in the, in the you know, in the big league. So you know, I think that can continue, especially yeah, with I, Carolina coming off, not having played yet on, on, you know, on the break. I think Montreal can kind of get to them a little early, just like they did with Tampa. Yeah, I thought Montreal deserved a better fate the other night. But... Yeah. It just didn't happen, but yeah, uh, well, we'll see if uh, who ends up in net there. You're right, and we'll see if maybe uh, that former flyer and phantom Alex Lyon, the pride mm-hmm. of of Yale University, off this, I'll text him see if I can get you some insight there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's look at one more game here tonight: Nashville and Columbus. Again, um, you know, we you just talked about it right out right out of the gate tone that goals were a plenty, detail plays not as locked in when players aren't practicing and coaches aren't preaching detail, detail, detail and structure. And you get a lot of overs. And this is another situation where you may like the over here. Yeah. Over six, it jumped up to plus plus one ten now. Uh, I love that number. You can get it at, you can go for the five and a half at minus, I think it was minus one seventeen last I looked. Uh, I always like to reduce juice anytime I can. It's how you're going to survive in the long run. Uh, I think this is a four, three game. So I'm not worried about a, uh, a push, uh, present or ten to se- ten and seven to the over on the road, two point nine four goals for, three point one two goals against. Jackets are eight and five to the over at home, three point six two goals for, two point four six goals against, and they get Patrick Laine back tonight. Um, can help a struggling power play. Columbus is thirtieth in the league in penalty minutes, eleven point eight a game. Uh, had I think Washington had six power plays last night. They couldn't cash in, but. Uh, I think with Lonnie back on this Columbus power play, that could be a uh, difference of a couple goals and maybe hit the over there. So I like that number at plus 110. And then Riddick is uh, likely to go tonight. He has 0. 0.88, 0.880 save percentage this year. So. Which is not good. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tone, where can people get all your all your info? At, at Tone's Takes on Twitter. Um, the post hockey plays throughout the day. So, you know, appreciate it. Guys, appreciate you, Jason. Yeah, and uh, check them all out there. You'll see all the plays. Tone will have in-game plays as well. As he feels them, he posts them. That's always a great thing. Great stuff, as always, Tone. We'll talk next week. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, Jason. Happy New Year. There you go. Tone takes right here on Stick to Hockey Live. Great plays for you to get on the Park Sportsbook app. Make sure you do it. Great stuff. And, again, if you want to go back to last Thursday's episode, Tone joined us, and we talked about a bunch of futures, division winners. We had – Uh, some of the NHL award winners. So a lot of cool stuff there that you can check out as well uh, at tones takes on Twitter and uh, give him a follow as well. And uh, 
enjoy that uh, conversation. We'll talk to him again next Thursday, and we'll have another episode coming up on Monday. It'll be our first episode of 2022. Flyers will be back in action tonight, taking on San Jose. That'll be a 10:30 puck drop uh, at the Tank tonight, and then uh, coming up on Saturday, New Year's Day, another 10:30 drop in. Uh, Los Angeles at Staples against the Kings, and then they'll wrap up their four-game road trip against Anaheim on Tuesday, January 4th, and return home to take on the Penguins January 6th. So lots of hockey on the horizon. Um, We'll see how the postponements continue to get doled out in the NHL. Hopefully that becomes less and less here as we move forward as uh, dealing with this pandemic has really uh, forced a lot of disruption obviously in everybody's personal lives, professional lives, and certainly professional sports in the NHL included. Uh, let me tell you about Parks one more time. It's Parks Sportsbook. They present Stick to Hockey Live, and you got to get the app, download it on iOS or on Android. Get that $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. Again, in-game, play-by-play betting, same-game parlays, individual player performances. Check out the Parks Sportsbook uh, channels uh, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all there. You get great content, and you can also get great deals. And uh, make sure you follow all those channels and check it out. And again, get the Park Sportsbook app. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Stick to Hockey Live. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you in 2022, coming up on Monday, another brand-new episode. Everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy your New Year. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week on Stick to Hockey Live. I hold on so nervously to me and my drink. I wish it was cool and me, but so far has not been good.